You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's sermon is preached by Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear Saints of God, January 22nd, 2019 was the 45th anniversary of the Roe versus Wade decision to legalize human abortion. In the past 45 years, most years have seen one million plus human abortions in the United States. That number just dipping under a million, probably in 2012 or 2013. The last strong numbers we have, 2014, about 960,000 lives ended. 19% in the same year, 19% of pregnancies ended in the tragedy of abortion. I remember some years ago, I was teaching confirmation class. And we were talking about the Ten Commandments and talking specifically about the Fifth Commandment. And as we were talking about the various different ways that this commandment is broken and that human life is ended... I taught the young students about abortion. Abortion? They said, what, what's that? And I said, well, that's when a baby who hasn't been born yet is killed in the womb before they're born. And the children said, that happens? Yes, I said, that happens. They said, that happens today? Nowadays, they thought it was like a horror something from the Dark Ages. <laughs> yeah, it happens today. It happens in the United States? It seems so barbaric that maybe it was somewhere else. Yes? It happens in, in Colorado? In Denver? They couldn't believe it. They, I, I still... They couldn't believe it when I was telling them that it happened. And I realized at that moment how hard my own heart had become. How I had grown so used to the tragedy. How I had forgotten myself to weep over the lives ended. I'm convinced that if Jesus doesn't come back in the next couple of generations, that history will look back on our time as the darkest time in human history. When so many lives, millions of lives, have been ended by elective human abortion. Now, I think that most of you know this. But the question for us is, what do we do about it? And what can we do? What's our proper role and response? I was reading a few weeks ago uh, Luther's little essay called The War on the War Against the Turk. The Turks were approaching the Holy uh, Roman Empire, Germany, 
and they were threatening to overwhelm them on every side. And the people were sure that this was just going to be the end of their civilization and everything else. And as far as the people could see, the only option was for Charles V to continue to muster a bigger and bigger army to fight against this threat with force. But Luther wrote an essay on the war against the Turk, and he said this. He said, it does not matter how many swords or soldiers Charles V has, there is no way that the Turk can be repelled unless the Christians pray. Prayer is our safety. In fact, Luther says, prayer is our only safety. So this is what we do. We pray. And we trust that Jesus still sits on the throne as he promised, where he ascended to the right hand of God's majesty on high. That he hears our prayers. He truly hears your prayers, and he will answer them. How long it will take, we don't know. The people of God sat in Slavery in Egypt groaning under the burden for over 450 years before the Lord came to deliver them. But he came. And he delivered them. And they were set free. So we pray. We pray for an end of abortion. We pray for an end to a culture of death that would so harden people's hearts that they would want to proclaim or shout their abortion. We pray that the Lord would restore to us, to our neighbors and our friends, a sense of shame for our own weakness of speaking up and defending the weakest in our midst. We pray that the Lord would build a culture of life. Now, this is, I think, very important. That the Lord would cultivate a culture of life, not a culture of death, but a culture of life, so that even if Roe v. Wade is never overturned, it doesn't matter. Because moms and dads Treasure the gift of babies. We pray for these things. And then we get to work. Building in our own homes a culture of life that rejoices in children, grandchildren. We speak, especially when the Lord gives opportunity for us to speak. We march when we can march. We rally when we can rally. We write when we can write. We publish and speak where the Lord gives us opportunities. And we bless. We bless those who curse us. We pray for those who spitefully use us. And we remember that the reason why Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father is so that He can rule and reign according to His mercy. The church has two things, really, to say on the topic of abortion. Two very simple, 
very clear things. And the first is this. You shall not murder. It is a great advantage that science is starting to catch up. In fact, it has caught up and can show to us that a child is, in fact, a human child from the very beginning, that from the moment of conception, we're dealing with a human life and nothing less. This is not a matter of religious dogma. This is a matter of scientific observation. And so we can say, you shall not murder. That's the first thing. But we also have this to say. Christ Jesus died for our sins. Jesus loves you. And amongst all the tragedies of the past 45 plus years of ending the lives of children in the womb, we need to speak this word as clear as possible. We were at the March for Life a couple of weeks ago at the Capitol, and there was a, a woman holding a sign. Well, there was lots of women holding lots of signs. There are signs everywhere. But one in the sea of signs, one is still imprinted in my imagination. A woman holding a sign that said simply, I regret my abortion. Whew. Would that God would create that sort of regret more. But what do we say to that? What, what, Maybe better. What does God say of that regret? Get over it? Too bad? You made your bed sleep in it? What does God have to say about that regret? This is why Jesus died. To forgive all sins. To bring the mercy of God to all sinners. To bring the kindness and compassion of the Father eternally to all. Liars, thieves, Adulterers, murderers, rebels, blasphemers, sinners, to all. Jesus died for this too. Jesus says to the lady with a sign, I regret my abortion. Jesus says to her, I forgive you. I forgive you all your sins. And I forgive you that sin too. We cannot, no matter how hard we try, we cannot, cannot unsin, over-sin or out-sin the Lord's kindness. We cannot manage with all our sinful ingenuity to, to muster up a sin that Jesus can't forgive. No, it's impossible. Jesus loves you. And Jesus loves your neighbor. Jesus died 
for those who have had abortions, for those who have been aborted, for those who perform abortions, for those who approve abortions, for those who fight for legalized abortion, Jesus died for them. And he truly loves them. And I imagine that Jesus would like that word also to be in the mouth of his Christians. So it's good for us to remember. It's good for us to mourn. It's good for us to sorrow and to shame. It's good for us to pray. It's good for us to argue. It's good for us to bless. And it's good for us to speak the kindness and the love of Jesus. But best of all, it's good for us. It's good for you. It's good for me to be forgiven. And we are. God be praised. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope.